Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So stop and think right now. Just take a little seal moment. What is coming out of our mouths? Every word we speak is either building up or tearing down. It's encouraging or discouraging. Out of the same mouth comes fresh water and salt water. It's life-giving or death-dealing. We have power in our words. As believers, there's potential for life in our words. But there's also the possibility they contain death. Today, Pastor Mark teaches that it's God's Word that connects believers to Him. He points out that when we open the Bible, God is opening His mouth. And when we're plugged into the source, we'll experience His truth, understand His direction, benefit from His blessings, and have the confidence to share His vision with the lost. You might be the only Bible some people will ever know. What's it saying to those who still need a Savior? Remember, His Word was sent forth to heal them, to rescue them from the grave. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Proverbs, chapter 18, verse 21, with part one of his message entitled, There's Life in Our Words. Let us hear your lessons let me tell you where we're going to start tonight. You can actually turn to Proverbs 18. We'll be there just shortly. Proverbs 18. Go to the middle of the Bible. It's usually Psalms, and you can go write one book. And if you'll turn there, Proverbs 18, 21. The tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Our tongues and our words, they're very powerful. Every time we speak, we speak outcomes, life or death. In Genesis 1-3, it reads, And God said, words, let there be light. And there was light. You see, in the beginning, God spoke words, and his word created something out of nothing. Now, you have to be careful with the verse that you're looking at in Proverbs, because people have taken it to a ridiculous, false end. Don't think that we have the creative power like the false name it and claim it kind of teaching that you see everywhere, or the false prosperity gospel. You're always going to be rich, just proclaim it. You'll never be sick, just proclaim health. Don't let those words come out. You're creative. We are not God. And you do not have creative power. Only God has creative power. 
Don't fool yourself. But we have power with our words, how it affects people. You see, Solomon says our words, our words, your words, will be filled with life or they'll be filled with death. Now, God designed words for a reason, communication. I'm going to give you four tonight as we go through. So here's the first one you can write. Our words connect us to God. Our words connect us to God. Lots of things, just an example, prayer, salvation, in that intimate relationship, we have two-way relationship with our God. Now, notice how that works. You know this verse in, in Romans. It says this, if you confess with your, hello, your mouth, there's power there, that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. It is by confessing with your your mouth that you are saved. See, those words connect us to God. That's how you and I got saved. We confess our sins. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Those words brought to us life. And here's another one. When we pray, and there's going to be a lot to talk about tonight in prayer. Notice the first word, ask. That's words. How we ask. Ask, it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. So those words connect us. Our communication is with God. We have a God that we can talk to. You know, when you're over in Thailand and many of the foreign nations, there's idols everywhere. They, they can't speak. There's no words that connect them. But we have a personal God. We're connected to him. Now, it's not only what we say that matters, but how we say it. How we say it. Number two, our words connect us with people. First, the people I want to talk about are believers. Let me just give you a few examples of that. Proverbs 12, 25. Just listen. Worry weighs a person down, but an encouraging word cheers a person up. First Thessalonians 4, 18. So encourage each other with these words. You see, if you and I will speak words of encouragement, it brings life to people. It brings hope to people. It gives them an option to go, wow, this person cares for me. Now, in marriage, words are hugely important. One of the problems we all have in marriage, all of us, is it's communication. We kind of sometimes speak different languages. Can you just shake your head? Yes, you don't have to say any more than that. That's all right. But, but we're, we're communicating with the other. Somebody, everybody's getting ribs right now. I can see that. That's okay. Here's some words of encouragement. Guys, if, if you want favor with your wife, you might listen to a few of these tonight. <laughs> words of encouragement. Listen to this one. I chose you, and I still do. Oh, that's, that's worth money right there. Come on, guys, that's, that's worth money right there. I chose you, and I still do. Words of humility. We've all been here. I was wrong, but that's not enough. Will you forgive me? See, humility is asking for forgiveness after you've said, I was wrong. Now, as I go through this tonight, nobody emailed me, nobody called me. But the Holy Spirit knows. So you're in church to learn. 
Maybe that needs to be said before you go to bed tonight. Words of unity for a marriage, for a church. Together, we can make it. Together, we can make it. And words of peace and healing. Interesting verse, Proverbs 15.1. A gentle answer turns away wrath. A gentle answer turns away wrath. So stop and think right now. Just take a little seal a moment. What is coming out of our mouths? Every word we speak is either building up or tearing down. It's encouraging or discouraging. Out of the same mouth comes fresh water and salt water. It's life-giving or death-dealing. We have power in our words. Number three, God's word connects us to him. And that means truth, direction, blessings, and vision. God speaks to us. We speak to God. We speak to other believers. But God speaks back to us. Truth, the Bible, direction, blessings, vision. You remember when we open the Bible... God is opening his mouth. He speaks to us. Now, I have for you on the overhead this amazing verse. He sent forth his word and did what? Healed them. He sent forth his word and healed them. He rescued them from the grave. Now, there's a little plaque I have at home. And uh, it's a biblical principle It means more than we think it means. The the plaque is not exactly how it is. Let me read the verse for you, then I'll read the plaque, because we know this. The principle's true. The verse says it a little differently. Where there is no prophetic vision, in other words, the vision that we're talking about is not man coming up with a vision. I mean, that is true outside the church. When Walt Disney came up with the idea for over here in Orlando, Disney World, Somebody said it's a shame he didn't really get to live to see it. Oh, he saw it many years before. But see, the vision that we have tonight, spiritually, doesn't come from man. It always comes from God. Can I hear an amen? See, God's the only one that has the real vision. We don't. So let me read it again. Where there is no prophetic vision from God, the people cast off restraint. In other words, if nobody's speaking to them, here's how to do life, people just do whatever they want to do. Kind of the way we are in the United States today. But blessed is he who keeps the law. So the verse that we kind of know it is, lead with vision where there is no vision, the people perish. That's true. But it's not connected to the pastor. It's really connected to the vision that God gives the pastor. And then you'll see later, that vision is given to the pastor, to the spiritual leaders. And you and I carry the vision out. Not, not the pastor didn't carry the vision out. You and I do that. Now, let me give you some examples of vision. I'll have you one. Let's write this first one down. Vision. You can write this one down. It's really good. A picture of the future that gives me passion right now. It's a picture of what God's going to say to us, and it puts a stirring in my heart. It it wakes me up spiritually right now. It, It gives me passion right now. Let me read you a couple others. You don't need to write them down, but I love them. Vision. An informed bridge... From now to the future. Vision. Seeing the invisible and making it 
visible. Oh, that's good. Seeing the invisible, there's faith. We, we walk by faith and making it visible. Now, all through the Bible, God spoke words of vision to all kinds of different people, leaders and sometimes just a, a farmer boy or Gideon. I mean, no leader at all, but he spoke vision to them. Here in the Old Testament, we don't have time tonight because it's a great, the, the book of Habakkuk is an amazing book, but let me just show you how it kind of fits. In Habakkuk 1.1, here's what the verse says. The burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw. So what is that about? Habakkuk lived in, we don't know exactly when he lived in this, but he looked at the nation. It was full of violence, injustice, spiritual deterioration. It, it was all around him. And he'd been praying to God, God, are you going to do something about this? I mean, our country is lawless. There, there's no true judges. Nothing's happening, right? Shall I go on? And does it sound like where we're living today? And what he's saying to say, he says, it's, it's a burden to me. Now, I want you to understand that word burden. It hurts me. I don't like our nation the way it is. This is what Habakkuk's saying. It's a burden to me. So in Habakkuk 1.1, we see the burden. The burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw. It's a burden that he experienced in his heart. Now, when you get to chapter 2, verse 2, we see the answer to the burden. Look at this. And the Lord replied, here comes the vision. God says, you've been praying to me. I'm going to show you my solution. Actually, in this case, the solution is going to be far off. But watch what he says. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation, the vision, the words I'm going to give you, the solution. Make it plain on tablets. See, the iPad was there long ago. We just didn't know it. It's amazing, isn't it? Apple thought they were Steve Jobs. You have nothing. All right. Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets. Watch this. So the herald might run with it. How do you update that today? Very simple. God says, I'm going to give you, Habakkuk, the answer. I want you to write it down, give the vision to the people, and they carry it out. They share it with the world. This is what God's going to do. Now, the last thing I want you to write down is on the bottom. A burden often gives birth to vision. See, there has to be a burden. God, help. Okay, I will. I'm going to speak to you. Here's the solution. Now watch how as we go through this tonight. God began to speak to my heart. And he just began, you know, even with a prophecy way back that he was going to do new things. And I don't even know what that means. But actually this vision related, and it always has to for a church, to lost people. If we don't have a burden for lost people, you're never going to get the solution from God. The solution's here, but we're not interested in it because we're off doing our own thing. A vision is God's dream that he puts in our hearts that's bigger than us. That's God speaking to us. You think we can accomplish it? Not a chance. It's a vision that's bigger than us, and when accomplished through God's strength, makes God look good by changing the lives of people. That's why we're here. In case you don't know, it's not us four no more. We're here to change the world for Jesus Christ. So get yourself ready. Now, here we go. Ephesians 3.20, you know that verse, you see it there. 
I mean, God's able to do more than you and I can even think. You're familiar with that. It's going to produce this passion in us. That's what God wants. It's a picture of our future that produces passion. Now, turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 9. Now, all of this comes out of James chapter 3 where he talks about our words. Words of life. Words of death. In Matthew 9.35, Jesus always went where people were. Remember, God, people, and use of our time. Now, look at verse 35. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. Jesus went teaching truth in the churches, preaching the good news of the kingdom, healing every disease and sickness, and touching lives everywhere. Could I hear an amen? He's been doing it for 22 years. He's been doing it for thousands of years all over the world. Don't think we've arrived. It's time to wake up. Lost people matter to God. When I can see a Muslim nation is 50% Christian, we're not even close. Shame on us. You know why we're not close? I'll challenge you. The burden is not there. The burden for lost people is not there. God wants to change that. We'll look at verse 36. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Jesus was always in the marketplace around lost people. He knew that being around them was not enough. They needed to be touched, they needed to be taught, they needed to understand the Word of God, and he preached to them and supernaturally healed them. So this is the fourth of our words, how they connect us. They connect us with God, God connects us with Him. They connect us with believers, other people. Here's the fourth, and write it down. Our words also connect us with people, but this time, unbelievers. See, we weren't put here just to interact with believers, as Jesus shows us. Now, notice what Jesus was doing in verse 35 and 36. Notice what he's doing. He's casting vision for his disciples. He's casting vision. And do you notice in verse 35, excuse me, verse 36, what is, what is verse 36? Verse 36 is the burden. Do you see it? Lost people. They don't know how to do it. That's the burden. From that comes a vision. He's casting it. He's burdened for the lost, helpless people. He's burdened for these people because he knows where they're heading. A Christless hell. So he's casting vision for his disciples to see and feel. Because, see, he's casting the vision, but his disciples will carry it out. I'm casting the vision from God tonight renewed to us, but all of us are to carry it out. Not just some of us, not just the pastors, impossible to get done. Now, the lost people, what were they waiting for? Words of life. Words of life. Nobody had spoken to them words of life. They're clueless. Now, look at, you'll see this vision casting from Jesus words for his disciples. So watch the words he gives his disciples. Verse 37. Then he said, these are words, to his disciples, 
the harvest is plentiful. There's lots of lost people, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Not a Calvary Chapel's harvest field. It's not First Baptist, Presbyterian. It's his harvest field. We're all just working together. We're servants for him. Now, he probably shocked his disciples saying the harvest was plentiful. There's lots of religious people, but they're clueless. Even the people that are coming, and I don't even know who they are, but I guarantee you if they're a percentage of way America is, they're lost. Most of them are clueless. They, don't, they think they're going to heaven because they're good people. They don't open the Bible. They never studied the Bible. That isn't bad. We were all there at one time. They just need to hear words of life. So the problem was there were not enough workers to go. So Jesus says, pray for more people to speak words of life. That's what God is saying to you tonight. So I want you in your own private time in the mornings, I want you just to, just to write however you want to write it. God, how can I help reach the lost? I want you to begin praying starting tomorrow morning. And I don't want you to take it off of you. Remember, we're doing the book of James. We're praying for lost loved ones. James 1.1. 1, 1. So you begin praying. Everything starts with prayer. You know why? Where's the burden? Prayer. When we see the lost, we're burdened for them. We're burdened for them. So I want you to just begin doing that every morning. If every day we're coming to God and saying, God, we're going, we're praying, we want to be those workers that do it. So I want you to write this down. Let me explain how that's all going to work. Next thing. Jesus gives the vision. I don't give the vision. This isn't my role. Habakkuk didn't give the vision. He just prayed for God's solution. And God said, all right, now write it down. I'm giving you the vision. No man gets that vision. It's from God, always. Jesus gives the vision, then Christ's followers carry it out by doing two things. Going, you have to go where the lost people are, you'll see it. And speaking, what? Words of life. See, the tongue is powerful. Out of our mouth comes words of life or words of death. Well, Pastor Ryan, I got those people, they're lost people, and they're this and that lifestyle over here and whatever. That's words of death. Words of life. John 7, 37, out of your innermost beings will flow rivers of living water, words of life for the lost. Now, all I need to do right now is to begin praying. We're looking for creative ways. God's opening these doors of opportunity. We're praying. How can we be creative? We're not trying to bombard them. We're just trying to befriend them and help them. Well, here's a new person coming into our neighborhood. Man, let's, let's bake a cake and take it over to them and just invite them to church and, and just be real. Do you, do you understand what I'm trying to say? Who's going to give you that creativity? God's going to give you that creativity. As we continue in our walk with God, let's be reminded of what we just learned. Our words connect us to God, other believers, and the unsaved. Pastor Mark said that as Christians, it's important to consider what's going out of our mouths because we have power in our words. If we're going to do life right together, we need to learn how to only speak God's truth, directions, blessings, and vision with those whose lives we touch. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. 
Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Next time we'll learn Jesus was never at a loss for words. Every opportunity he had, he spoke words of life to those who recognized their need and listened. Christ was God's word in the flesh, yet some refused to accept his life-giving message. Yet even with this continual rejection, God still has a burden for the world. Next time on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will teach how God wants to use you as his voice, hands, and feet to share his vision and help transform the lives of the lost. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the book of James. That's next time on Lessons for Living. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear